0: So, hi, I'm Victor and this is Service Design Show. Hi everyone, my name is Mark, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Service Design Show podcast. This show is all about helping you to design services that have a positive impact on people and are good for business. My guest in this episode has a background in computer science and arts philosophy He's currently a design manager at Latham Airports. His name is Victor Lidoy. In this episode, Victor and I will be exploring how do you embed design in a strongly process-driven organization. We'll talk about what it means to create the right incentives for people to do design and finally why we need to talk business and do design. Before we dive into the interview with Victor, there are some things you should know. The first one is, you've probably done it already, but if not, make sure you go to our Instagram account at instagram.com servicedesignshow where you'll find some cool, exclusive, behind-the-scenes look of what the show is all about. The second thing is, if you're interested to learn how to explain service design in plain English, check out the free course that I've got for you at servicedesignshow.com slash free course, which is designed to help you to do exactly that. And finally, a lot of people have done it already, and I'm really happy to be in touch with you. But if you haven't, connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know that you're listening to the podcast. So that was all for the introduction, and now let's quickly jump into the interview with Victor. Welcome to the show, Victor.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: Awesome, I really uh, can't wait to dive into the topics uh, you've sent me They're super interesting. Uh, I really like to talk to people who are um, inside companies, having to deal with the internal politics, internal challenges. So I'm really looking forward to your insights. But let's start with the question that I ask all my guests uh, in the past two and a half years, and that is, do you recall your very first memory of service design? My
1: very first memory with service design itself, is like uh, probably three years ago. It's not that much with service mm. design. I have a long background on UX and and digital uh, services and and these kind of things. It was like a very small project, but very meaningful of the changing uh, chocolate in a plane. So, Mm. and it it was very, very fun to do. All
0: right. Uh, How how did you get introduced to service design through chocolates on a plane? Uh,
1: The the idea was uh, with this uh, background on UX. Uh, uh-huh. I, have it. I had worked in the in the airline for for several years. Then uh, I had this opportunity to change in a bigger scope. You know, mm. mm. the experience, but the complete uh, uh, experience. Mm. And the starting point with this uh, with this project, I thought it would be super super easy to, to go and, and find an iconic replacement of this chocolate.
0: And uh, it was not easy at all.
1: <laughs> 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 of the airline.
0: All right, all right. So, Victor, you sent me three really cool topics that I can't wait to dive into. I've sent you some question starters. We're going to do interview jazz, so are you ready? I'm
1: totally ready.
0: All right, let's do this. Let's do this. Topic number one is called really cryptic. It's the guys and girls, of course, before us. And do you have a question starter that goes along with this one? And can you show it to us?
1: Yeah, I think you can. Uh,
0: there we uh, go.
1: go uh, who are the girls and the boys uh, before us?
0: Yes. What Yeah, and uh, the
1: question I would make with that would be something like uh, yeah, how did they make to, how did they manage to create great services and great services before design thinking appears, before yeah. services and practices were in place and like that. In a company like mine, like it's a hundred year old company, which uh, it's something that being has been played. It's been recognized for its good service and, and good approach uh, to product as well. Uh, it's something that uh, is cool, no? To to think about what 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 before you, because sometimes we the team, the design teams struggle to, to choose between tools and techniques mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. ways to get solutions and solve problems and but. Uh, and there is this feeling of this is something new. We are walking a new path. We are kind of pioneers walking in, in this. But uh, I like to, to think on, on back, who were who the, the guests who,
0: who were before and how did they manage to solve this complex problem? Exactly. Yeah, and, yeah because, uh, because we've been delivering services like for ages, right? This is not something new. Services exactly. have been around for, for ages. Design has been for, uh, around for quite a long time. Yeah. And your point is, we, how did we do it back then?
1: Exactly. And it's difficult for me to think in a different way to design services than these practices that we use every day. Mm. So then I think, think, OK, how did you... And I've talked with, with many of these uh, classic uh, people in the organization that they, they don't work uh, anymore with us. And, and you try to to stand. How, how did they do, what's the pattern on that? And they were like kind of genius designers. But they were they had the, the political influence. They had the, the direct access mm. to the CEO of the company. to the They had a seat on the table where the decisions were made. And, and they had this, uh, this idea of taste or, or something that we, today, we reject that. We say, OK, no, we, we need to be rigorous. We, you cannot make this decision mm. so easily. But somehow, have a, a sense of this intuition, this business intuition, or this product intuition. And uh, some of them, the, the Rolling, rolling, uh, we call it General Rolling, it, it was the, the owner of the Brazilian airline that, that we merged uh, some years ago. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. went the, to the boarding area and served himself to the customer with the food and these kind of things. These guys were very close to the customer in a social way. So all of them were friends of their customers, they had a uh, non-reals, non-scientific representation of the customer, and with that, they worked. So they mm-hmm. created some sort of airlines uh, according to who they who. sorry with my English,
0: it's a little bit... Yeah, I no, I, you're doing good. Go ahead. Yeah. They <laughs> created a version of,
1: of the airline, of the service, uh, according to who they were. Okay after this this design era passed in the company we tried to create a a design lab Uh, we created like a bubble we had this the the company of course changed when the when the size of the of the airline is is so big that you cannot use these techniques to to create design it gets complicated and and then there are too many decisions to have that direct uh, access to the ceo of the company we we changed to uh, okay let's let's create a different way to do that. Let's adopt a little bit of these ideas of, uh, of new design, listening the customers with a different set of tools and and with a different set of skills of the people that we have. And then we we adopted this idea of uh, of creating a design lab. Yeah,
0: okay. that, that's pretty popular right now, right? Every company. Is doing a, a design app or a startup uh, innovator, accelerator, boot camps, right? That's. It's yeah.
1: Something that didn't work for us. <laughs> uh, maybe because we implemented it wrongly, or maybe because of the people that it, they were there uh, were different, or. But uh, it didn't work because it was not in the center of the conversation. So the idea of isolate when one part of the company. And and try to accelerate the decisions. uh, It didn't work for us because we couldn't manage to be in the center and inside and outside at the same time. It's center-periphery dilemma, you know. Mm. So, and we finally managed to try to solve non-central problems of the airline, and and so we we moved in a in a in a place where we could be actionable. And these place were were not relevant. Was not relevant. Hmm. So hmm. uh, the experience we rethought the way. Uh, so you know, so yeah,
0: Well, so you were uh, by creating like a lab or a bubble. You, what you gain is um, uh, probably uh, decision power. You can take action. You you have uh, independence, but it's harder for you to work on challenges that are actually relevant to the business or influence exactly. the business. Yeah.
1: So, you, you create a bubble, you have a, a budget, you have a resource allocation yeah. with it, so you don't have a, a, the, the, the power of uh, solving, big problems
0: yeah, solving yeah,
1: big problems. yeah, yeah, So, you move in a in a spectrum to, to try to solve, like, uh, additional accessory problems. Okay? So, let's try to focus on, for example, we focus on food, which was a yeah, very yeah. relevant problem in the but at the moment, was not one of the biggest problems that we have or, or mm. uh, challenges, to say mm. in, a, in another Yeah, way. yeah, yeah. Mm. So this idea of, uh, of uh, being in the center or being in the periphery is something that, uh, that uh, we as a team manage to think a lot. So, so our challenge is how to be in the middle. If we want mm. to, to be valuable to the company, if we want to, to be in the center of, of this, we need to, to deliver the value that the business perceives. So we will be the ones putting the customer in the center of this set of decisions, and this was the the movement after that. That this is what we try to do, and we are we are managing to do right now.
0: So uh, when you're going back to the center of the uh, uh, of the operation, maybe that's that's the best word, or the center of the business, putting the customer back in the middle. They did that uh, like uh, in the early days. Let's call call it that uh, in the good old days. What what inspires you, or what can we learn from how they approach this, and uh, what can we take uh, mm-hmm. from that to today? What is your biggest lesson from that age or period mm-hmm. or era?
1: Yes, super good. So that this idea I mentioned before, but maybe not not in uh, in depth. But they did uh, they made decisions with uh, inspiration or with instinct.
0: You know this idea
1: of. Uh, we reject this genius design idea, but I think we, we shouldn't reject it that much. So if you want to walk in the with the with the base, with the speed that the company marks, because it's not that you are the owner of your all of the resources of uh, this this huge organization, you have a speed that you need to go. If you are too rigorous and you you try to apply to say, okay, to make this decision, I need to do this big research and go. We are a multinational company. We are in 12 uh, countries with home markets. We have. We are present in more than 20 countries. Uh, 50,000 people, 70 million people mm. move uh, during a year, so it, it gets hard. So, um, that was my point.
0: Well, the, the, the point uh, where, 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 where yeah, inspiration they, from them. Yeah, what can we learn?
1: So the thing is that you need to go fast, and then when you cannot be rigorous or as rigorous as you would like. You, you need to take this idea of being the service okay so i've traveled a lot and this is something that it's maybe not commonly accepted in the design community but you need to do it a little you need to to represent yourself or or the company in a in a set of uh, in a garden of sand that makes sense to the
0: company to you and to your so, what I'm getting from what you're saying, and this has been on the show mentioned a few times, and it's really interesting, it's the balance probably between um, we've had the age of the, the designer as a rock star, the superstar designer. Now we're moving into the age of the designer as the facilitator of change, right? We're, we're facilitating, we're helping, but we're uh, sort of taking ourselves out of the equation so much uh, that, yeah, you know, we, we lose our personality. It yeah. is a method,
1: and if it gets only a method, then it doesn't work. But yeah. then you need too much method to to get it work at the
0: end yeah. of the day. And 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 you what, know, what you are saying is you're finding that if you put you, you need to put yourself your ideas as as a designer more forward, take be more proactive in that sense.
1: Influence. So you, yeah. you need to to be able to to fail fast, and of yeah. course yeah. And, uh, all the things in into place, but uh, to be brave, to put these ideas
0: to say, okay, maybe this is not the software, but let's, do, yeah. let's yeah. try. Yeah. Okay. I, I'll, I'll summarize this and we'll move on to topic number two. But uh, for me, the word here is leadership. I don't know if you, if you uh, recognize or share the same word, but I think leadership within design is super important, also. Mm-hmm. Yep. Totally. totally. All right. Topic number two. Ready? Ready. All right. This is going uh, exactly as I hoped, and uh, this topic is called incentives to design. I'm really so, getting good at reading these things. Uh, uh, in the flip side, what what is your question starter? <laughs> okay, I will go
1: with why why incentives to
0: design. All right, so, tell me the
1: the topic. My question would be. Uh, why should we matter about the, the incentives that the company has to, to create good design? Mm. The thing here, the, the point is that the, how, as designers, we are perceived inside the organization, which, by the way, my, my, in my organization, we are not many designers. So it's uh, mainly led li- li- by process. Mm-hmm. So it's mm. a, don't focus on, on process. And there is strong focus on the front lines. So we deliver a very good service to our customers because the, pro- the people in the front line have a very strong culture. Yeah, okay? yeah. But the people inside the, the, the executive positions, they are more process-lead. Okay? Makes so, sense.
0: Yeah.
1: Is like when we, when we have hired many uh, design companies to help us to solve uh, problems uh, along the experience, uh, more the higher scale or or lower scale. And some of them we have, uh, it, it has been a success, but some of others has been uh, not as successful <laughs> as we would like. Yeah. Yeah. So, implementation of the ideas is a hard part. So, to say, okay, I know yeah. what they yeah. uh, there are many things happening here. When you start to address to these things, to deconstruct, okay, what happened here? Why you cannot uh, put this idea of Transversal things, we, we did scale problems on that. And one of the, one of the things that uh, inside of this, this point is that the incentives that each of the areas have to solve the problems that you are willing to solve. For mm. example, mm. okay, we want to, to, to do good to our customers and to our business by reducing the times of a uh, check. Yeah. And you yeah. It like a good idea. But reducing times in the check-in would make another problem appear. So the people from airport say, okay, man, my approach to the solving this problem of the airport is complete opposite. And then I, I don't want to put the examples there because. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh, but then you have two different positions, two different ways to to solve the problem. But one of them has been agreed at the company level has uh, economic incentives behind the teams, and the other one is not. It's something new that appeared there. And so these guys from airport ask you, so why, why do you want to change that? Maybe we can do more analysis, and maybe when and then smoker mirrors appear, yeah. and then you can say, oh. So how to do that? Then with the, when we thought on that, it was like, let's work, or let's uh, at least uh, start talking about uh, having shared works so maybe your your goal is to have some sort of technology in your airport or some sort of efficiency in your in your points or slas uh, short slas or maybe mm-hmm. the point is you want to to get to the people to the plane fast because then there is another thing that takes care of, of that or maybe what's your uh, like surface incentives and what are your depth in incentives so understanding that what we are trying to do is like a, a Let's mix the, the incentives on here. So, what if the people on the on board, the the guys that manage the the things on the plane, and how fast you can you can uh, how do you say that? take off like uh, <laughs> take off? <laughs> Sorry, uh, how fast can you take off? Have the same incentives as the people who are boarding the plane, yeah. and have yeah. the incentives from the people who are in the in the checking area. So. Having a design team inside of this conversation, and representing not only the processes inside the organization, but the the customer KPIs that are outside, um, makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, and this is uh, uh, also something I think that is really common for our organizations that are uh, um, built around really uh, structured processes. and that is that each department each each um yeah each department each silo is managed uh, in in their own using their own kpis there aren't shared uh there there isn't a shared kpi right that that's the difficult part and so my um the the question is uh, that comes to my mind have you found a way to actually get Beyond this, because I understand when you are when you when you your three month target, your quarterly targets uh, are the things uh, that determine your bonuses, that determine your accreditation, stuff like that. How do you get people to move beyond their own quarterly KPIs?
1: The the first step was to set a a big, too big probably, but uh, but uh, KPI, which was MPS.
0: All right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. in, In industry. To, to put that into place. But then the second thing was to to have the customer feedback data. So we, we hired a tool, it's called Medalia. It, it, it's super good. It's something that allows us to send service the service to our customers in real time. So now we have the ability to say, okay man, maybe your KPI of, of efficiency in the checking is, is super cool, but at the same time I look at the perception of the customer and then Something happened here. Hmm. Then this is a starting point because you need to have a structure of governance that uh, goes along that and and takes a point and another part that you want to take and to put it in your innovation process. So the way that you design.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, go ahead because you have to do something with that customer feedback. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So you once you have that. Now we have a we have a, a small pilot. Not that really small, but. A, Mm-hmm. We are doing things with that, but now we are trying to put it in the in the higher process. So, so how to put uh, customer feedback uh, in a structured way, in a scale, mm-hmm. to solve problems in this in this huge operational point. But this is one way to go. Mm-hmm. But the other way to go is to how to legitimate the design process. Say, okay, it's more valuable. If we the, the more results that we have, will be more valuable to the designs that we make. Later. So we're trying to to put money behind that, and and this this idea of, say, let's translate um, how how much impact will have our process in general, abstractly, not in a concrete project or uh, to the company. We're trying to to move the way that
0: we are. So that's like if you manage to crack that actually quantifying the added value of the design process for the business. That's yeah. How, how far? Fu-
1: di- Sorry. That they are different tracks. Yeah. So we are receiving the customer feedback. We are working in, in putting this uh, all time this idea of money behind the phone. And there is a third one, which is the design teams talking about uh, having a common language with uh, operational and process teams, or or the rest of the company, uh, which is the KPI. So, when we redesign, for example, we, we redesign business class, we, we did a work on, on that. All the design principles that we use, we translated yeah. it to KPIs. So, we call the target experience indicators and we say, okay, uh, continuous improvement. When, when I'm talking about uh, this uh, big and conceptual sentence, what I'm meaning is that this KPI should go down, go up, this other one should go down. Then you put a common language inside the, the process that makes easier the, the flow and to, to give them a way to see, to say, okay, this guy will will create a panel and will put a semaphore semif- like a red yeah, light yeah, yeah. near to my KPI. So oops, maybe if I don't follow this, uh, this guy and this KPI will be red, someone will say something to me. So I have an incentive to go and follow the, this point. So but having this common language allows you to talk the same the same thing uh, across teams on the different levels of here.
0: That that's really uh, that's really interesting. I and <clears throat> yeah that that's really. Have you have you found that uh, any of these three works better? Are you getting better results, or is it just all three are super relevant, but just use them in different scenarios?
1: So th- they are different scales. No? So if you, when we talk about monetizing the the process, you are talking about the the director's c suite level. So yeah. you are talking with in that point. But the the problem that you face on on doing a project, a concrete project that, that have a concrete impact on the customer, it's something that is in the people that they are mm-hmm. working on the line, or working yeah. on the on the systems. On the so with these people, you say okay, let, let's. Let's put the KPI as a common language. Let, let's do it together, co-create, but they not always have the time and not always have the, the buy-in to, to the process. So let's put these kind of practices here. And then uh, you hope that all the, not hope, mm-hmm. I think we're sitting on, on that. And then Medallia is a, let's say a kind of a mid-level, because it, it works for the people down. And it's been a very, very good experience. And what will the people have? Mm-hmm. Uh, we can see the impact uh, on the
0: business and we can translate to, to, uh, to the KPIs. Does it make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, and I think it's really important. Uh, also, I'm really curious uh, what the viewers and the listeners of the show think of uh, actually creating common ground and common KPIs. What are your approaches to that? So uh, leave a comment uh, down below, guys. Really interesting. Um, we can talk all day about KPIs, but uh, the next topic, uh, I think also links to this, so let's just move into that one and see uh, where this leads us, right? Uh, We were talking about business and money already, so uh, let's continue it in uh, this topic which is called Talk Business and Do Design, Uh, again, the question for you if you have a question starter.
1: Okay. I think this
0: is I like this one, (laughs) I like this one already. How can we?
1: How can we do that? Uh, yeah, no, that's a that's a thing, man. Uh, why, why, my I,
0: question is, why should we do this? Why should we talk design? Uh, <laughs> why should we talk business and to design? Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't we talk design?
1: I, I think it's a it, it depends on the organization. So mm-hmm. it depends on how positioned are are you in the organization or your methods in, inside of it and the history that they have. And as well, it matters the 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 point of your organization. Who are you, and why are you there, and what's your positioning? How do you compete in the in the market? So, if I'm, for example, in in my industry, we have Pioneer. You're from Europe, yeah. you you know that. Yeah. yeah. And is positioned as a low-cost company, and we are positioned as a as a full-service career, traditional career, which is moving. And, and but at the end of the day, we all compete for the same cash. Yeah, we are yeah, yeah. struggling from the from the from the same markets to say this way. So once you understand where, where are you and and the culture and the, and the shape and the drivers of the of your company, then you can decide which strategy to use. Uh, for us, coming from this genius design approach, genius. We were not designers, but genius on that place trying to move with this design lab that, uh, that move out from from the central space, in addition to many other other things, drove us to this uh, to this approach. So if we want to, to have a seat on the table, we need to be able to uh, take care of the problems that, that the company does. So mm-hmm. we need to influence and put the customer problems inside this table. And in a way that they and we can agree, you know, they can work with that and manage more. move and shape the problem in a way that it's good for the company and as a whole
0: so um yeah yeah. so so um what you're basically saying is you have to talk business to get them to understand to get so that you get a seat at the table
1: (laughs) yeah exactly so in in my case so i'm sure that there are many other companies that they don't they don't need to do this, this kind of a strategy like complicated thing because, uh, finally, you are trying to translate. There is this idea of, uh, I'm working something, but I'm telling something different, or I'm shaping it in a, in a way that... But uh, at the same time, it's very good for you, because, uh, or for me. Because when you put yourself in the approach of the company and say, okay, I don't, I don't care what your method. If you want to create a persona or a scenario, uh-huh. Uh-huh. You want to, I don't care about that. Just give me the solution to the problem. It, it forces you to say, okay, I, I strip my practice. I my beliefs. So now you're challenging me in a way that uh, maybe you don't agree with something that I am, it's an action for me, it's something that I fully, fully mm. believe, and will never question. So that creates a, because we are together on that. So we are a company. It's not the designers and the rest of mm. the company or the team and the rest of the company. It's something that you, you need to break this style of some, somehow. And our approach here was to move, okay, let, let's let's forget about this. and Let's put the if we want to sit on the table. We need to to care about the things that they care and to talk about the, with the language that they want.
0: And it's it's almost that designers. And I think I talked about this with Mauro uh, Puccini, who's the chief design officer at PepsiCo. That we uh, we mm-hmm. as designers should be responsible for profit and loss, right? And that that should be part of mm-hmm. our job. If we want to be taken seriously, if we want to impact the company, then we th- should take responsibility for, for instance, how profitable uh, a certain department or
1: mm-hmm.
0: right, or processes yeah. or services, right?
1: You cannot be responsible there. So if, if you're, you can imagine and you can picture a great service, but it's too expensive to fulfill. Yeah, field. Yeah. You're doing a job because yeah. That, all this work will not, uh, and, and when you put this, this tip on your head and say, okay, I, I need to design from restriction, I need to design from, from a very holistic point of view, then you you enter in symphony with the people of sales. And then you enter in symphony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, why
0: why is this so hard? Why does it seem so hard for a lot of designers to close this gap?
1: I think that we have like a, right, there are many kinds of designers as well, but there are, yeah. Sure. But is uh, this point, talking about me, if you want to create uh, something good, you want to do good for society, and you mm-hmm. have this idea of, uh, my friends are traveling there, my family is traveling with this company. Why is the airline company cannot be human, cannot be good? Uh, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. more realistic point of view. Uh, and at the same time, our practices are very human, so we talk mm-hmm. with people, okay, and we go and, and release and an interview, times and times, and we try to synthesize human feelings and design from the feeling. So it, it's it's our professional deformation somehow, and good there. And it doesn't need to be castrated, but it's, it needs to be um, like uh, complemented. Yeah, it, is, uh, it, it can be done if it matches with the company and it matches with the cost and with the organizational structure. It's feasible. It's rentable. It's something that you can profit off. And put all these things on the table, then a better
0: design emerges. Like it's really, it's really interesting. What I like about this topic is, uh, maybe it comes down to we have a lot of empathy for customers, for pe- for people, for uh, yeah, for customers. Uh, mm-hmm. If we had a little bit more empathy for our colleagues, <laughs> for the for the people mm-hmm. who are not designers within the company, I think we would uh, get much more done, and we would be much more impactful, probably.
1: Yeah, no problem. Yeah, it's at the end of the day we are people people together doing doing messy, yeah. messy governance and stuff. But the, the, the point finally is uh, my my company is a process driven company. So I I go to this train or because trying to create a bubble what, what my predecessors did, uh, the guys before me didn't work so now we are putting ourselves in the centers Mm. and this Mm. is the cost it Mm. has a cost that that we are willing to pay and say okay maybe we are we will not be the the more rigorous designers maybe we will not be the more that we will use the tools and the things properly but at the end of the day we will we will take care of the customer which is the thing that matters and we will gain this legitimacy yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah yeah
1: inside the company, because that helps to shape the
0: decision that you will make. Hmm. Victor, um, as always, uh, heading towards the end of the interview, uh, I give people, my guests, uh, uh, the opportunity to challenge us, to ask us a question. Maybe there's something on your mind that you would like us to help you think about. Do you you have something, do you have a question for us? Yeah, yeah, I think I have many questions for you. (laughs) But
1: probably, uh, I was thinking on, on this. Uh, probably, it would be what, what would you do if you were me and you were trying to to, to do this, uh, this design? Yeah, sorry, to try to embed design in a, in a process driven organization, but without designers. So the culture of design is very, very few, very, very inexistent. How, how would you do that? Or with culture or with processes or maybe a top down approach maybe uh, try to show value first and how how or maybe you have done that before and you can give me some advice
0: cool great question so how do we embed design in a process driven company that doesn't have a strong heritage in design right exactly cool leave a comment uh, down below uh, really interested to see what people have to say Victor uh, that was all we had the time for, so I really want to thank you for sharing uh, uh, the, the stories the, from uh, what did Steve Fortegall say, it's the war stories. Thank you for sharing your war stories, um, and uh, I really appreciate that you're open enough to, to share what you're going through and uh, help us to inspire us on this journey. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and for listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks, Victor. That's all for this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to help to spread the news about what we're doing here. So like, share or comment on this episode on whatever platform you're listening. If you're eager for even more content, make sure you go to our YouTube page where you'll find videos that are of course not included here on this podcast. And if you haven't done so already, add me on LinkedIn and let me know that you're listening to this podcast. So. Thanks again for listening to the Service Design Show. It was great having you. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I'll catch you in two weeks' time with a brand new episode. See you then.